This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Honesdale Radio, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Hello and thank you for downloading the Homestay Radio podcast. First up in this pod, this special edition pod, is a chat with Steve Parrish, about half an hour for you. Uh, after we do that, we'll have a quick chat about our initial t- reaction to a couple of the points that were raised during it. Then we'll round off the horrible Christmas period we've had um, since our last show, uh, and then we'll let you go. So uh, enjoy. Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Okay, so joined by Steve Parrish, Palace Chairman. Um, Steve, obviously, thank you for joining us. It's been a been a tough time, certainly the last few few weeks, couple of months in particular. Uh, I think when we arranged this interview, um, there hadn't been the manager change, so I probably do have to start there, really. So, the timing of that, what was what, what kind of brought that on? The sort of that to happen the way it did, the way it panned out. Um, well, no, I just. I just felt that we needed to make a change and um, probably we needed to do it before the transfer window. Um, I think that we just needed a new voice, really. Um, Alan worked tirelessly to turn things around and there were some signs. You know, It wasn't a clear-cut decision. Um, I think it was on a knife edge all the time, really. I think a point at Man United might have changed things. Um, the win at Hull, so many games where we were so close. Um, I think Alan's got a strong case that the refereeing hasn't helped him. I think, you know, Snodgrass' decision is massive. Um, as last night, you know, I think it would take the most one-eyed um, opposition fan to say that we, we haven't had the rub of the um, refereeing decisions. I mean, I saw Jose complaining about not getting a penalty against us. Well, you know, in the first minute, if, or for early in the first half, you know, Wolf is nearly cut in two. And that, that has now been issued as guidance as a definite red card. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these are not things, by the way, that we don't follow up on. And they're not things, when I say that the Snodgrass dive should have been ascending off, that's fact. You know, everybody agrees that. So it's a double penalty for us. We get a penalty against us when it should be a second yellow and sending off. Similar last night, I think, again, Christian goes through. How it's not a penalty, I'll never know. Whether it's a sending off, there's a little bit of cover coming through. We end up with an injured striker and, and no penalty. You know, So these, these, these moments change games drastically. You know, I know Swansea are a possession side. That's what they do. We were more direct. And and in that directness, you know, we created an opportunity. And in the end, that's all that matters in football is the opportunities that you create and, and the goals that you can see. Not, you know, everything else that goes on is noise, really. Um, and then the handball in the second half. I mean, it's as clear handball as I've ever seen in my life. 
There's no ambiguity about it. Is it intentional? He pushes the ball away with his left hand. Um, and that's in the context of, I can't remember one penalty shot. Add that to the fact that Wilfred Zion now, it seems, has to be beheaded to get a free kick. Um, I mean, I had Arsenal fans texting me that they were actually embarrassed about the decisions that he wasn't getting against them. Um, so, look, we're, as, uh, let me be really clear. As a team, as a unit, as an organisation, as a football club, we're not running away from our performances on the back of refereeing decisions yeah. um, at all. You know, I want to be very clear on that. You know, we've made mistakes. Um, we've thrown games away. Um, we've got to win games in spite of bad refereeing. That's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do. But, you know, it's not helped our cause. Um, but we can't get a persecution complex. You know, as, as we said to Wilfred, you, you, can't, you can't let it get you frustrated. You know, I know it is frustrating, but, you know, you've just got to think of the next round and the next attack. Um, so... It's hard not to, though, isn't it, Stephen? When you consider, you, you've mentioned in sort of the refereeing instance there, but when you sort of factor in the, the, the number of injuries we've had, the number of just, you know, even things like bad ricochets in games, it does kind of feel like we have no luck right now, as, as well as, as you say, we've had some... Yeah, but listen, sometimes your luck comes in patches, and maybe, maybe at the beginning of last season, when we, 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 we went on that, you know, we ended up fierce before Christmas and all that stuff, maybe we had a lot of luck go our way then. And, and maybe it's just coming, instead of coming in, you know, even patches, it's, it, it's arrived at us in great big lumps, good luck and bad luck. And we, we've got to keep going and, 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 and hope that that turns. You know, we do get some decisions our way and, and that we do get the rubber the green. And we've all got to keep working hard at that. And the fans have got to keep with us. I know it's difficult, but booed off at half time last night and I've, you know, we'd probably hold our hands up and say we deserve that. Um, so we're not being critical. But, you know, I know I know the sensation that everybody's got. You know, when we were on our way up, um, we didn't have something and we might get it. And, and that made us feel a certain way about it. If we didn't get it, it wasn't the end of the world. Now we've got something. We've got this place in the Premier League that's precious. You know, and we all thought we were going to do better this season as well. So we're all, everybody, I, I never didn't meet a fan at the beginning of the season with the squad that we had that didn't think we were going to get better. You know, I read all this stuff about we shouldn't have signed this person, we shouldn't have done this, we shouldn't have done that. At the beginning of this season, all of us stood together and said we've got a great squad and we've got a great chance to do well in this division. And, um, but for a bit better in-game management, we, we, we definitely would have done better, I think. We would be in a better position. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we've got to take a lot of comfort from a lot of the performances we had. Um, you know, Sam's first half, uh, I think the, the first half took Sam by surprise yesterday because he'd had a great first half at Watford, not a bad second half, we should have won the game. Then Arsenal's Arsenal, you know, you kind of go there and, and you're not, you can't really judge the team on a performance away at Arsenal because it, it's such a difficult place to go. Um, so, then obviously the first half, you know, we didn't get close to them. We, we weren't good enough. Now, the fatigue does play a part. I know supporters don't want to hear it. You know, how we get two, two games in two days is it, beyond me. You know, why there's any need for that, I don't understand. You know, all the sports science will tell you that it's not really possible to play at top tempo. Um, but we've got, to look at, we've got to look at why we're conceding these late goals. You know, we've got to look at the trepidation that's coming into the team whenever we're in, in, in the lead. Um, and, you know, as, as much as we can, we've got to try and get some reinforcements, I think, just to lift everybody. You know, it's, it, it's no secret that we're short on injuries. We have got a few coming back. I mean, the news is that Christian's injury isn't as bad as we, we feared. Um, Scotty Dan's coming back. Um, and, 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 and James is coming back as well. So... You know, we, 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 we've got some issues, we know, with various things, but that, that's looking positive. And we've got to start trading on the positives, and we've all got to get in a positive frame of mind. I think, you know, the first season, when we were where we are now, probably below, we all just travelled in hope and expectancy, and, and, and if we didn't get it, we didn't get it. Now, we've created this 
you know, it's 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 the end of everything. If we if we get relegated, well, it, it's not a good thing for the club if we get relegated. Nobody wants to get relegated. Trust me, you know, no one feels worse today than me or the manager or the players. No one, right? They're not a supporter out there. If anybody thinks that we all just go to bed, you know, and we just go, oh well, you know, never mind. You know, this is this is we all fear the same issues as you guys. But in a way, we, it's stopping us performing if we're not careful. It's yeah. stopping the crowd performing. It's stopping the team performing. You know, we're not going to get anywhere if we're just nervous all the time, collectively. You know, we've got to try and recapture that feeling and worry less about the, 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 the downside and have more optimism about the upside and get more positivity that we will survive. We are going to be here. We are a good enough team. We're not suddenly a bad team overnight. Everybody's seen our performances this year. You know, there have been times where we've played fantastic football. You know, but confidence, we're all, we're all a part of this. I've said it when we're doing well. You, nobody can say I didn't say it when we were doing well. Nobody can say that I didn't thank the fans and mean every word of it, of what a part of it they were, uh, of what we've achieved. Always, always said that, and it's true. And now they're even more a part of it. This is even more important. And we, we have to stay together you know I'm going to do my best um, this manager's going to do his best the players are going to do their best I promise you that yeah. um, and, and, and that's where we are and we're going to you know I've spoken to Josh and David you know we're going to do what we can in the context of you know we've got cost control it isn't just as simple as going and splurging money and doing what we want you know we have to operate within the rules um, but we've, we're moving heaven and earth to make sure that we can do the things that we need to do to support the manager and support the team. Um, so, you know, and also, guys, it's not bad like Papa's car accident, um, you know, and obviously Connor's cruise ship. These are massive blows. But Loic will get some game time, we think, this weekend. You know, he's coming back to full fitness. So we've got positives, and we've got to capture those positives. I remember when Yannick and Milo went away, if you remember, a couple of years ago, where everyone said we were never going to win a game, disaster, and we did. Um, so, you know, everybody's got their theories about why it's going wrong. Um, it, it's our job to try and put our finger on it and and, and make it right, and, and that's what we're all working tirelessly to do. Um, that's really the big message yeah. to, to the supporter base. You know, I do listen to it as much as, I can to the point where it doesn't affect me so much that I can't do what I'm trying to do. You know, I can't wake up today to read a thread on the BBS that says we are definitely going down. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't let that stuff in my life, you know. Um, that's just not going to help any of us because um, it's not where I am mentally, you know, and it's just not where I can allow myself to be or the players. Uh, you know, we have to go into games believing um, and, and my job is, is, is to help regenerate that belief amongst everybody. I realise that. And it's a real uh, burden, but it's also a privilege. And I've always thought it's a privilege. And now it's tough moments. And I'm not running away. The players aren't running away. The manager's not running away. The fans are all there last night, and I thank them for that. And, and we need to just stick together, you know, and, and maybe the breaks come at a good time for us. Sometimes, you know, we, often these breaks happen. But, you know, we've got an FA Cup weekend. We've got a little bit more time to work on players. Um, and, and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to try and keep a calm head while we're doing it. Now, it, it, it's interesting to hear you talk about, um, you know, the, the time where we didn't really have anything and we didn't, we didn't care almost if we won, won or lost. We were just kind of along for the ride and what have you. Because in preparation for this sort of chat, I was... I was thinking back to that and whether or not maybe me personally or, or fans as a whole have lost that bit of perspective where we, we should be upset. And it also got me thinking about how how does this period as a as a chairman compare to the, the sort of trouble when you took the club over, you know, because that, that had its own stresses of trying not to get, you know, relegated from the championship and all that. Is it is it that much harder now with, the, with what's at stake? Of course. Of course. And I'll be doing it, what, I don't know, I'm, I'm coming into my seventh year, sixth, seventh year, I think. Um, and it, it, of course it's tough. Um, it, it, it seems so much harder than 
than when we took over or when we arrived in the Premier League. I don't remember feeling the pressure like this. Um, you know, when, when Tony came in, for example, um, or, or when Alan came in, I don't remember feeling like this, uh, you know, or sensing this feeling from everybody. You know, and I do recognise what everybody feels because I feel it, you know. And uh, as I said, I think it's a blend of, we've now got something that, we, that, that we're used to having, that, that, that we feel we might lose. And we've also, we've all disappointed ourselves a little bit with our beliefs that, you know, we would do much better this season. And, and we want to rail at that in a way, you know, and we want to look for scapegoats and we want to look for people to blame, you know, and it's, it's, it's the manager or it's Steve Parrish or it's, we've all made mistakes. You know, everybody knows I'm not one of those people who says, oh, if the manager did this, the manager did that. I worked with the manager to try and create, and, and, and the staff we've got on the scouts and the recruitment system to try and create the best outcomes that we could. And, you know, we've not performed to the level that we thought we would. Not acceptable. My performance, not acceptable. Um, I have to face up to that. I have to look at why things have gone the way they've gone and, and review it and try and do better. You know, that's, that's the only reason um, to look backwards is, is, is to make sure you learn from your mistakes. And um, maybe we got a bit complacent, you know. Um, uh, success is a really bad teacher, as Bill, Kate, Bill Gates said, because it makes smart people think that they can never get things wrong. You know, and maybe, maybe we've got a little bit of that. Um, now now we've, we're, we're where we are, and we have to get out of it. That's all that matters, really. Everything that's gone before is irrelevant. You know, I have agents, you know, you know the problem is you should have done this and the problem is you should have done that. That's great. In June, we'll have a chat, or after January, <laughs> we'll have that conversation. Right now, this is where we are, right? We forget all the games we've thrown away. Forget all the points we've lost. We've got 18 games, is it? 18 yep. games to drastically improve our position. The good news is, we're not in the bottom three. The good news is we've got winnable games. The good news is we've got a decent squad. Uh, the bad news is we're low on confidence and we're lacking in a few areas. And, we, you know, we've got to try and fix that. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated, I think. For, if you just talk about where we are, if you focus on mistakes that we think we've made and you keep going over and over and over in your mind, it, it, it doesn't give you the clarity that you need to just accept where we are today is where we are, and all we can do is try and fix what we've what we've done. Yeah. So um, on on the subjects of fixing what we've done, obviously Sam's come in. He was he was available because of the England situation. Talking of the, the BBS you mentioned earlier, there's a thread of questions on there which I've sort of filtered through. Um, if you if you get a bit a bit of time, it might be worth a read. They've suggested I tell you, but um, I've sort of filtered through it, and uh, there's a lot of questions about decision to choose Sam. Um, some people saying, you know, did the did what happened with England sort of cross your mind? Um, but also whether or not Sam will be sort of bringing in his own staff, whether or not there's going to be a that kind of a change. Um, so sort of two questions in one there. Well, look, Sam's had, what, um, how long has he been here now? I don't know, a week and a half, is it? Yeah, like yes, since Watford, yeah. Um, so, you know, he he's just really coming to terms with everything and, and, you know, understanding what we've got and obviously those two points we threw away at Watford are just invaluable, they would have been and, and that would have taken the pressure off of us so much but no matter, he's seen three games he's got a very clear idea of everything and we're making all of those decisions now in terms of, of what we need to, to get us back on track and um, in terms of what Sam's done before, I looked at his track record as a, as a, as a club manager you know, we all know what happened with the the, the you know the sting operation. There's no FA charge. There's no uh, criminal charge. Uh, I've listened to the what went on. Um, aside from um, being perhaps what would be the, the, the right word, un, uncensored a little bit in in what he thought was private company. Um, there, there's nothing there. I mean, that he did wrong. That, you know, that, that, that there's no reason for him not to come back into club management or any form of management, in my view. Well, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it has seemed does seem to have sort of split the fan base, whether or not they feel that way. But um, 
like you say, I mean, as you've talked about it yourself, everyone everyone does make mistakes, and I guess obviously, like any other manager, Sam Allardyce's period at, at Palace will be judged on the results he gets at the, the bottom line. Is there is the pressure of getting results again? Is that something where? You know, because Sam was out there and available, there's all sorts of stories about him sending dossiers and all that kind of stuff. Is it just the fact that, you know, we needed that change and you had a manager of that calibre available that, that made it an easy decision or were others uh, under consideration? I was actually thinking last night that sometimes I feel sorry for fans in the amount of their hours of their life, of their precious lives, that they have to, you know, uh, they, they, they have to allow to consider nonsense literally stuff that's just nonsense there's no dossier there's no (laughs) there's no Americans made me do this it's just nonsense you know we're we're absolutely as one trying to solve the problems for this football club if we don't speak every day every other day um, you know I've never ever had a problem with justifying my thought process to people and, and letting that be challenged, whether that was by Stephen Browett, you know, I rang him the other day, you know, he's still a shell in the club, whether it's by David or Josh or anybody else, you know, the, the, the aim is to find the right answer, not my answer or your answer, the right answer. Um, the press will always try and create splits between the manager and the chairman, the chairman and other owners that, you know, that's their job to do that. Of course it's, you know, what did um, Denzel Washington say the other day? He was asked about, you know, fake news and all this stuff. And he said that, you know, if you don't read the papers, you're uninformed. If you read the papers, you're misinformed. <laughs> and first has become the only thing that matters. Truth is completely lost in the desire to be first. First is all that matters. With any story, they have to be first. No matter how uncorroborated it is, no, you know, no matter how fabricated it is I mean it's fascinating to me whether people actually sit there and just literally make it up or whether there is somebody puts two and two together makes five and then passes it on I mean there's there's, there's one guy that, that, that writes about the club regularly I mean he wrote an article last week really nice guy I just I, I just I give up I don't know where you get it from I just really don't know where you get it from out of five facts there might be one that's got a grain of truth the rest of it is literally just complete, completely wrong. Um, but I can't, again, you, you, you learn to deal with it. I mean, Lord knows what it's like if you're Tottenham or Arsenal. You know, we, we have to accept the amount of stories that, you know, probably four or five-fold that they have to put up with. So one assumes actually the way it's easier to ignore because there's so many and sometimes they're so contradictory that what can you do? Yeah. Um so, that's wonder why they just phone you and ask. You know, <laughs> you could probably well, tell because, them half the time but, but, with this, right? Well, you know, that, that might be one of their defences. You know, I mean, am I going to get into that really? Yeah, Occasionally, a, a journalist, you know, a journalist texted me the other day, have you had a 40 million bid from China for being tech And I just said, no, it's not true. I don't know anything about it. You know, there isn't an email or a bit of paper that's coming to our office that that that, that says that. You know, so um, what, what, how that story comes into being. You know, I'm perfectly prepared to believe journalists doesn't just sit there and go, oh, "I'll write a story that says this." I'm perfectly prepared to believe someone told them that as fact. Um, but I'm not. You know, my job's not to corroborate on not every journalist's story because in the end, particularly the transfer window. I'm giving a piece of information away, aren't I, that I might not want to give away. And then when I don't answer them, you know, it, it, they just assume it's true because then I'm not... Uh, it, do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just yeah. a game. I don't, I don't plant stories in the press. I don't play that game, you know, that, 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 because if, if you play that game, then don't be surprised when other people are doing it, you know, to destabilise your player or destabilise your club or whatever. You know, so... It, it, you just have to block it out, really. But I feel sorry for the fans because I know how difficult it is to do that, especially when it's your club and you care about it so much and you want the answers. And then, of course, there's all this stuff. You know, if, if I go on anything, you know, then there's the whole chorus of, you know, why are you constantly on the radio? And I mean, I think I've done talk sport. I think I've talked talk sport twice. 
normally it's for a reason, guys. You know, it's for a reason. I don't go on TalkSport at 11 o'clock at night because I like the sound of my own voice, contrary to what some supporters think. Um, I've got a million opportunities to do all that stuff if I wanted to. Um, there's so many hours of television and uh, radio and newspaper columns to fill. I could work, I could 12 hours a day, I could be on the radio and the, if I wanted to. The bits that I do, I do to do my job. I'm more than happy to come on to here. This is for the plans. Unfortunately, you guys, it will get reported everywhere. You know, that's how it is. It doesn't matter what I do. Um, and sometimes you just can't say the right thing, can you? So oh, no, we'll get stick for this it, as well, for not asking I mean, I'll, I'll, questions. There'll be an article, I trust you, because of what I said at the beginning, is Paris slams Premier League referee, for example, right? There'll be, I promise you there'll be an article in the next four days that says that. So why would I do these things? It gets harder and harder with the Premier League to talk to the support base. I'm one of the only chairmen that ever talks to anybody, the fans or anybody else. Everybody else is fed up with it. Why would they bother saying anything? Because it all gets twisted and bent out of shape, you know. And of course, the noise comes from all the discontented people. I understand that, you know. The most discontented people are the ones that are the most motivated to go on social media. But are they reflective of the, of the 26,000 I see at the stadium every week? Not really. No. I really don't think they are. I get nothing but positivity from those people. Um, and, and, and thanks for the work that we're trying to do. You know, I, I don't ever remember. You know, one of the great ones is, I like, even though he's made loads of mistakes, I like Steve Parrish. He's, you know, I think he's a good I, I hate to think, <laughs> you know, seven years ago, we were in administration. We've been in the Premier League for the longest period of our, of, of our lives. We've, 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 we've got um, a training ground that we own. We've got a much improved stadium, even though if it's not to the extent that we want it to. There's a lot of under-the-surface improvements, you know, to the infrastructure of the stadium that, that will be there for um, a, a better facility to be built on top of. Um, even if I go back and look at the pictures of that old blue corrugated iron stand, it's decent. You know, we've got a new fan zone being built. Um, media centre's been built. You know, there's, there's people forget all the improvements that have been made. I wish I could take them in a time machine back to when we arrived and just remind them, you know, how bad it was. You know, yeah. there's millions been sunk into the infrastructure of the club, into the scouting setup, the training ground is unrecognisable. It's a proper professional training ground. You know, it, it, it had been sold before we got there. We had to buy it back. Um, you know, we had seven, eight players or something when we arrived. Um, so, you know, this was a broken club um, when we turned up. And now it's a, it's a much, much better club. Is it exactly where I want it to be? No, I'm as discontented as the most discontented fan most days, trust me. Um, and I haven't achieved, you know, anywhere near what I want to for this football club. Um, but I think people need to remember where we've come from and how much we've achieved. I really do. Um, and try as much as they can to take some of these stories that they are with a pinch of salt. No, that's fair. That's fair, that's fair play. Um, I'm going to let you go fairly shortly because I think we said about five minutes and you've done about half hour, so really appreciate that. But um, a couple of things I just kind of want to tick off the list before I do that. Um, January tra transfer window plans. Obviously, everyone just wants us to sign players straight away. Usually do business at the end. Most people do. That's just how the window works. But we close on anything at the moment? Very close, not close, close. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it, we've got, we, we would, I would be really disappointed if we didn't have something in place, you know, for West Ham. Um, that's got to be the aim, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody needs a list. You know, we all, we recognise that. But, you know, we're not going to just be taken advantage of as well. You know, we've all, we've, we've got the long-term future of the club at stake. So we're, we're doing, we're doing, the best deals that we can with the time that we've got available. And um, Sam's working tirelessly on it, um, watching videos, looking at opportunities. Um, I'm working on two or three uh, that we think are real possibilities. You know, people have to remember it's, it's not just one in a player. The player's got to be available. So there are a lot of dead ends, you know, where you're told a player's available, then you ring the club. You know, we've got player, people that can speak all the different languages. 
we try and shortcut it as quickly as possible, get to the sporting director or the chairman of the club, particularly if it's overseas. Are you sending this player? Is he available? Because, you know, you can waste so much time, particularly on the overseas ones. Um, so we are doing our best. I, I, I genuinely, we're not doing anything else, you know, yeah. other than that. Um, morning, noon and night. There's not a lot of sleep going around at the moment. And, um, you know, we, we, we've got to make our money go as far as possible, haven't we? Because, you know, we'd like to bring in more than one player. So it's a question of, 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 of just doing what we can. And we've got this, you know, cost control that we have to work through as well, which gives us an issue. So it isn't as simple as just even overpaying because we overpay, then it, it reduces what we can do on other things. Um, I, I take it from that, will there potentially be movement out? Um, uh, you don't know. I mean, at the moment, it, it's not a priority. You know, it, it, it could help us free up some, some money on the on the wage bill, on the cost control. So it's not out of the question. But, um, you know, right now, um, I think we kind of, more of an inclination we need to add to what we've got yeah. rather than, but we'll see. Um, we'll see as the window develops. Okay. Uh, lots of people asking for a stadium update. You sort of mentioned there the work that's been done already. And I know generally the answer seems to be when we've got something to announce, we'll announce it. Um, but um, any progress being made on that? Yeah, there is progress being made. We've got a development, um, head of development that we've taken on. And um, we're looking at all the projects. Um, and, and we have made some movement. Um, but, but we're not going to really be ready to show anything. There, there may be... The eagle-eyed fans may look out for some planning applications that might go in. Um, we've got this uh, promise that we've all made to um, the uh, authorities, if you like, to the level playing field, and that, that we will try and get the prerequisite number of, of wheelchair spaces um, in the ground. Now, that's, that's another 100 um, at the moment that looks like we could have to take out up to 3,000 seats oh. to make that happen. So that's, that's a big project that we've got for this summer. Um, and obviously we don't want to take out that many seats, so we're trying to find another way, another way around it. Yeah, wow. Because well, uh... the problem is, not just the bay, the problem is the access and the, the, you know, the ramps. We haven't got any elevators in the space anywhere. There's not a single elevator. There's, there's three elevator shafts in the homestead. There's no elevators in them. Um, and then it's just it's the access and, and obviously the safe exiting of, 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 of supporters. So, you know, we, we're committed to do it. We don't want to lose 3,000 seats if we can avoid it. Um, but we'll, we're, we're, you know, we're sure we can get it down from that. Um, so there are a number, of, there are always a number of immediate products. The floodlights. I've just gone in again. This whole thing with the standard thing has said. I mean, I would agree with you. They are very bright. If you go to all the clubs that have got these, they are. Um, I think it, I, I, 900 lumens with a piece of paper. I think lumens is the right expression. 900 lumens with a piece of paper uh, facing upwards is what we used to have to have. It's now 1800 with a piece of paper um, held vertically, um, and this is the super slow motion. It was a, a directive. Uh, that we had to put in so you know we're, we're, we've done that that's another million quid investment in the stadium um, so there's lots of things that, that are going to the stadium to improve it you know but still too many pillars and and views that we want to improve and we're, we're trying to see if we can do something in this close season to, to, to start to make an improvement that people will see Okay, great. Um, and sort of finally, really on sort of uh, on the catch-up bits, really, it's uh, it's the academy training ground. A few people asking about that. Whether there's been any progress made there on a on a home for the for the youth teams? Yeah, we've got progress on that. So we're selecting architects to work on a site. Um, actually, it's no. It, it, we've improved it no end where they are, um, and and it's pretty decent actually. If you go there, we've, we, we've sunk some money into it, and it's, it's okay. But um, there's there's a site that we quite like the look of. Um, obviously, planning, as usual, will be difficult. But again, in the next six months or so, people, eagle-eyed people might see, a, might see a planning application going. 
sure those uh, planning applications will arrive on the BBS pretty much the second that they've uh, they've been submitted. But um, no, yeah. so really appreciate you updating us on that and basically coming on and uh, giving us reason to be uh, optimistic. I hope that that's what I genuinely feel about it. And and you know I love this club as everybody knows, and I, I just want us to keep what we've got and grow it and, and go forwards. And um, you know Josh and David. Um, sit and watch every single gas, you know, and they're as committed to it as I am. And and trust me, there is there is they're worried. It's not more worried, <laughs> even I would say. You know, they 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 bought Premier League Football Club. Um, that's what they want to be a part of. Um, so we're we're all committed to staying in this division. We're not going to go if if, it, if the worst does happen. None of us want to look back and say we didn't give it our best shot. Yeah, of course, of course. Steve, thank you so much for your time. It's so so appreciated. Absolute pleasure. And Cheers, I'm sure guys. We'll, uh, catch up again soon. Cheers. Thank you. All best. Take care. Bye. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, hope you enjoyed that chat with Steve Parrish. Plenty in there for you to digest. Uh, I am joined by Lucy White. Hello. Hello. Uh, Nick Philpot. Good evening, listener. <laughs> Good evening. And the giant Tim Warren. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> we can hear you this time. From up there, yeah. <laughs> right, um, well, so, so much to, to sort of digest there in what Steve said. We, we won't spend too long talking about it because I'm sure you'll, you'll have your own views as well. And, and obviously it's better, better to listen to the words that, that Steve said himself rather than us lot. Uh, but um, Nick, your initial reaction to uh, the transfer window chat. Uh, uh, sounds yeah. like we're pretty close. Some yeah, things. I think he's uh, said he alluded to the fact that we're close to one. Uh, hopefully, by the West End game, and they would like more. Um, interesting that he also specified that he thought there might be room for at least maybe one to go, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing because it would release funds for the impending incoming one. So, yeah, again, very good chat. Thank you, Steve, and very candid. Yeah, Tim, he, obviously we talked about the fact, he mentioned uh, several, several occasions the restrictions the club are working under with, with regards to the cost sort of expenditure. I mean, probably got to be near the top of the wage cap that we've, we've got, I guess, in financial fair play. Was that something that you kind of considered going into this window? Um, I think it just shows how far we've come, really, um, in recent times. I mean, it's just a different ball game now, isn't it, compared to those championship days um, where you could sign pretty much anyone you wanted to these days obviously there are the restrictions in place and um, yeah you know you probably don't as a fan you probably don't consider it as much as like hearing it from the horse's mouth if you like yeah it was it literally hadn't occurred to me that we might be closing close to that you know these things I think they work in three-year cycles usually usually but we must have uh, obviously been paying some pretty decent money but when you think about people like Remy you've come in on loan there's probably a fair old wage on him uh, given that he's a Chelsea player, and yet we haven't even seen him yet. But no, so, I mean, let's hope we get to see him in action um, this weekend. Um, sounds, sounds like sounds like he'll play, doesn't it? So, we'll at least get some minutes. Uh, Luce, if we are going to sign a player before West Ham, who would you who would you hope it is, or at least what position would you hope it is? Well, we, it's left back, isn't it? That's where we're crying out for the most. But well, signing anybody before the thirty first of January would be ideal. Um, but well, I mean, I've seen on Twitter today that we're linked to that left back from Montpellier. Um, I don't know how close that is, but it would be nice to to actually get a left-footed um, defender. Left-footed left back. Yeah, no, um, it was interesting. Back, yeah. When Steve was talking about the transfer window, he kept um, 
we sort of refer to um, having to seek out, you know, they've got people who speak all the languages, they can seek out the sporting directors at overseas clubs. It did make me immediately think that the, the closest deals we've got are for overseas Floral players. Ones, yeah. mm. That would potentially would potentially point to that, um, to the left back you mentioned, Luce. Um, I'm going to need a name for that, aren't I? Otherwise we sound rubbish. You're... Jerome Roussillon. Oh, of course. I honestly don't know him. Uh, I can I can say it in a French-ish sounding voice. Therefore, that will that recovers our integrity. Are you stroking your beard as you say it? Of course, <laughs> of course I am. Too many visions there. Move on. <laughs> Fine. Spoil all my fun. Um, I also mentioned, which is the really good news, very very quickly in passing, is that Christian Benteke's injury doesn't look anywhere near as bad as they thought. Hooray! Hurrah! Ray, we'll talk about uh, his performance and the performance of the rest of the team in um, in that game against Swansea a little bit later. I'm just scratching my own legs with my nails as I'm talking about that game. Mm. Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm fine. Um, also, we uh, what was we talked about, uh, Nick, was the um, the stadium. Uh, some big developments on both that and the academy. Yeah. Listen out with your eagle ears is what you said, didn't he? They would have already, yeah, he did. They would have already heard it, wouldn't they? Because yeah. we were going to put this and, after that. But I think I tell you what shocked me there with that. He said the new lighting was a million quid, a million pounds for a light show. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we got to the end of our time because I was going to actually say about eighty percent of the questions we got for you, Steve, are around the light show. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. I noticed he didn't pick up on that. He, he, he just scooted over it. But a million pounds seems quite excessive for a, a few. But the, the what? fascinating thing I found from that. Okay, yeah, these things do a, a crazy light show that people are a little bit worried will be causing people fits and what have you. But um, uh, you know, and I'm probably probably there's a, a serious aspect to that. I mean, I know Mikey was. Although I don't think he's photosensitive epileptic, he is epileptic and was, was saying yeah. you know, it, it might cause problems with people. But that aside, it was interesting to hear that because of the ultra high definition cameras, that that's why those lights had to be upgraded for a million quid. But it wasn't the, it wasn't the lights that gave me a fit. It was the football that gave me a fit last night. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, I think. No, if there's anything else we want to pick out from that uh, from that conversation, I'm sure I mentioned another one in our little chat a minute ago that we're going to edit out. My brain doesn't really work, though. Big oh, Sam. Really, it, was, it was the appointment of Big Sam. You're quite right, Tim. So, well, well, well reminded. <laughs> <laughs> so what did, what did you make of the comments there? Obviously, I did sort of brought up the, were there any reservations and pretty much unequivocally, you know, Steve said he's not, he's not really done anything wrong there. And he's not the only person to have said that to me. I, I kind of went a bit quiet and didn't know what to say um, <laughs> in response because... I've been quite open about my own feelings on that, um, you know, and I'm not, I am not. wasn't spoiling for a row today. It's not really the time or place. And, and as Stephen said, people do make mistakes. It's not one that I was particularly happy with. And, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say personally that, um, that, that you can accept someone of Sam McNallardice's experience being seemingly naive or whatever. But, but he does it, raise the other side of it that, sorry, sorry, he does raise the other side of it um, in that, he was. He does feel that it was a setup. Oh, the, the part, yeah, the Pardew thing was a setup. But I think it was also quite clear in what Steve said that um, he's been brought in to do a do- to do a particular job, uh, and that particular job is to keep what is valued to us, and that's our Premiership uh, yeah. status. And and I think he made that quite clear in what he was saying. He, he, he was never brought in for the quality of his football or his integrity. We know that, okay. But he's here to do a job, and that's to keep us in the Premier League. Tim, what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, um, at the end of the day, whoever gets appointed as a manager of Crystal Palace, it's going to be divided opinion, just like with transfer targets. Um, I mean, my personal view with with these kind of decisions, uh, without trying to sit on the fence too much, they're kind of out of my control. So I try not to get too kind of wound up by it, if you like, because what will be will be. And and like was said in the interview, uh, at the end of the day, Big Sam's going to be uh, judged on results at the end of the day. Um, and nothing that's where Steve Parrish was coming from really it's interesting that you said you weren't going to sit on the fence yet you found yourself a nice, nice comfy seat right up there didn't you <laughs> 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 uh, okay well that, that'll do that's just a quick reaction from us but like I say it's more important that you, you probably listen to the words that Steve said rather than our, our review of them and form your own opinions which I'm sure you'll be happy to do so let's talk 
about the Christmas period of games. Basically, last time we were on air, um, Alan Pardew had just been sacked and we were reacting to it. Uh, since then, we've drawn 1-1 with Watford. We've lost 2-0 to Arsenal and somehow lost 2-1 to the atrocious rubbish that is Swansea City. Um, with one of our worst performances in recent memory. Um, and I don't say that lightly either, because we've got quite a long memory. <laughs> um, Lose first of all, Watford. Ugh. It was it was the new it was the supposed new dawn. Um, we actually, I think as Steve probably mentioned, we actually did all right first half. Got ourselves uh, into the lead eventually. You know, we we looked at a reasonable side, but it did kind of get away from the second half once Watford had adjusted for some early injuries. So it was it really did feel like two points dropped, didn't it? It was just. The whole Christmas period, and obviously Watford was the beginning, it was just, it's just so depressing. Like, we started off alright, and then we just kind of like gave up. Um, like, I, I wasn't at the game, I watched it on telly, like probably most of us did, but it was just, it, it was really disheartening, the fact that we did so well and then sort of like crashed and burned. I mean, yeah. we got a point, but. We shouldn't be getting just a point at the likes of Watford. Yeah, Nick, he, uh, Steve Bash himself mentioned it. Actually, he said if though if we had got the two points that, that he felt we deserved in that game, and I'll go along with that, we were the better side overall. Even if we did have a real struggle in the second half, if we had those two extra points, it probably would have made a bit of a difference to the kind of fear that we've seen the players playing with since. And without any shadow of a doubt, I think you know you look at the the total points tally out of three games. One point, just one point and one goal, just isn't good enough. I mean, that was had you know the Benteke penalty gone home, uh, it would have been a different result. I think it, I'd actually had it planned over Christmas that it would be either one or three points against Watford. If we came out of there with the right confidence, we could possibly sneak a point at uh, the Emirates and then and uh, a bank of three points last night. Well, that was clearly not going to happen. Uh, I, th I think the, po the points tally is appalling but whilst we're all down and doom and gloomy I still think okay I know I said it on our chat last night I think we're we are potentially relegation fodder but if he can get the confidence up levels up with the club I still think we've got a potential to uh, end the season mid-table and I really do well nice to hear you're optimistic Tim do you share that I didn't last night if I'm honest <laughs> um, but I mean the Watford game in particular it to me, it, was just, it just shows how fragile the confidence is at the moment because I thought we started very brightly um, you know, to get in front. Um, what was it? Midway through the first half, fantastic goal from Kambayi. Um, to have that great opportunity with a penalty. I mean, that's just that's the fine lines between a, a win and a, and a draw as it happens. Um, you know, if, it had just, if Benteke had just done what Troy Deeney did and just put his foot through it, um, probably would have been a different outcome. And I just think that would have made such a difference going into the second half. Um, and that just kind of sums up where we are at the moment. We're just, you know, again, Steve Parrish talked about we're having uh, bad luck at the moment. And that's true. But it, it kind of leads to that kind of confidence as well. And, and you can kind of feel it draining from the crowd. And it's just like we're all kind of, you know, I think we're waiting for our season to kick in, really, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> waiting a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the, the Arsenal game, Lou. So that's uh, something that, that we both went to. And you got those tickets right there in row seven. Nice and yes. uh, nice and sort of dry there, wasn't it? And really put me in a good mood uh, <laughs> to watch that game. So thanks for sorting those out. Pleasure. <laughs> it was um, horrendous, wasn't it? Just it was frustrating, and, and I, again, to, to sort of knock it back to the Steve Parrish interview where he talked about the fact you, you, you know, all bets are kind of off with Arsenal because if you know if they're out their game, they'll beat you, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it did feel like we weren't even at the races and weren't even prepared to take it to them. And if you look at what Bournemouth did the other night with a went three 0 up, okay, pegged back to three three, but that's that was that's how I felt. I felt I wanted to see at least if we're going to lose, let's let's take them on, and we we didn't, did we? No, and there there was just, like, to pick up from what Tim said about the Watford game, there was just no spirit, there's no fight, there's just, they, they're just, they all look broken. 
and it, it's really, really upsetting. And then last night, well, we'll come on to that, but, you know, it's heartbreaking to see that there's, there's just that spirit, that spirit that was so unbreakable is is absolutely shattered. And it's not just with the fans, it is with the players, it's visible, it's visible on the pitch, it's, you know, they're silent across social media, I think someone pointed out Wilf is actually the only one that currently tweets and has any interaction with the fan base, it is, what has happened, like, I just, is it Pardew, is it, I don't know. It's, it's, that is, that's the question everyone's really asking themselves and you know, I, I struggle with it myself, and you know, Wilf quite rightly can can hold his head up high and interact yeah. on social media because no one's against him because the guy puts in a proper shift. But I'm not one of those people who thinks if if a team comes across as as playing beneath themselves and lacklustre and all this kind of stuff, I'm not one who immediately goes to lack of effort because I don't think there is a lack of effort. No. You think people, you know, people who say the players don't care. I mean, Tompkins, I think, was having a bit of a nightmare yesterday. But in the like in the third or fourth minute, he's rowing with his with other players about their lack of movement and all that kind of stuff. It's like, but I've said I said it myself on Twitter the other day. Fear fear is paralysing. Uh, it really is. And this isn't this isn't just nervousness and a bit of anxiety. This is proper full on fear uh, when you when you go on to just you take from Ars- for the game against Arsenal. We showed too much respect to a very very good team. But that moves on, doesn't it, Nick? It moves on to from from showing too much respect to actually fearing the loss against Swansea and and allowing them to dictate the game. Absolutely, I mean, it was, they they froze last night without any shadow of a doubt. They they froze. I, I've worked something out. You know how old I am. I worked something out last uh, last night on the way home. I, that is, this is my fortieth year. I've been going to Sellers, okay, and something happened that I witnessed last night for the first time in forty years of me watching Palace, okay, that I've never seen the crowd turn on the team as they did at the end of the first half. I've never seen them boo and then sing as they're booing to the players as they left the pitch. Now you could argue some of that is that we are intermingled with some i.e. inverted commas, plastic fans, maybe, okay, but there was the atmosphere in the ground, even before kickoff last night, the atmosphere in the ground wasn't, and I think Tim could probably bail me out here because he was there as well, the, the atmosphere in the ground was subdued before we'd even kicked a ball. When Allardyce came on, he got a respectful, a respectful round of applause, but even then it was not anybody jubilant that we've got a new manager, blah, blah, blah. It was just a very, very strange atmosphere inside the ground last night. I was going to give you a chance to come in there, Tim, but now I have to explain that. Oh, oh, I didn't make the game because of traffic, unfortunately, but I did get home and watch it in time, so I did see every single second of it. Uh, and I would say those half-time boos, Nick, they were with feeling. Um, there might be some theatrics in there, as you suggest, but that, that those boos were with feeling as Steve said in the interview earlier on probably deserved it as well you know it was it was an abject first half yeah obviously fatigue was mentioned and and does come into it there's no denying that at all um and it's interesting wasn't it Tim that see Sam Allardyce come out in the press afterwards and say that's that's on him you know he picked the same team uh, as he picked against Arsenal near enough barring uh, Flamini um and it was his fault for not recognizing just how much of an impact that would had it's good to see, wasn't it? I mean, how refreshing is that to get such an honest interview after the game? Um, I think it's fair to say we've not seen that for a long time. Um, it's always been everyone else's fault, bar the manager, um, in recent times. And, and you know, fair play to, to Sam for actually putting his hands up and saying, look, I've made mistakes. Um, I mean, he's been in a short period of time. We, we kind of don't really expect him to turn it around um, that quickly anyway. It's going to take time, isn't it? And, um, you know... To put his hands up and say, "Yeah, okay, you know, that's my fault. Let's move on." Um, you know, full respect for that. To be honest, yeah. um, because of the, the, the length of the Steve Parish interview, we're not going to go on too much longer. But I do want to kind of do these next few minutes, these final few minutes, with, with some positivity. And there's a few reasons we can do that. First of all, is I, I do think it's a very different game if we get the penalty decisions that, that we should have got. Again, Steve has talked about those already, so we don't need to go over them. But there, there were. Two clear penalties, and I must admit I didn't spot the handball immediately. But the replay no. of the handball is so blatant; it's unbelievable. 
but the Ben Teke one, uh, there was a guy on, on Twitter, I actually quoted him off uh, our radio account, saying, you know, that Ben Teke's gone down after after he's jumped and landed. And it's like, you don't, when you, if you're, if you're a player who's diving, you actually, you can't physically dive and injure yourself, really. It's, it's kind of completely counterintuitive to, to hurt yourself in that way. So there's no doubt whatsoever. I, I take it none of you have got any doubt whatsoever that those were two penalties. No, absolutely. I mean, the Ben Teke one, um, whilst I couldn't see it from the Holmesdale because it's obviously up the far end, it's up the White Hills end. Um, when I saw it back on the replay today, I was just staggered. I mean, how he didn't give that, uh, admittedly, I didn't see the handball either. So you could, again, put that down to my age and my eyesight. But the, the Ben Teke thing was, oh, talk about crystal clear. It was just amazing. Mind you, Luce, who would have taken that penalty? <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a question. Uh, Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> good shout, good shout. I haven't seen him miss any. Um, <laughs> no, and look, and, and I think we've got to also talk about the, the the moment of just pure brilliance from Wilfred Zaha. And let's let's give him true credit. A great cross from Martin Kelly uh, in the right area, putting the ball in a good zone. But the finish from Wilf. Oh my God, Tim, that was great, wasn't it, mate? Oh, I'm, up, I'm in the upper homestyle, so I had a fantastic view of that one. Um, you know, that was just beautiful to see that go uh, in the back of the net. Like you say, great, great cross in. It was just perfect. And, and honestly, I thought at the time, wow, this could be a perfect ending here. You know, we're going to turn this around, um, you know, turn this game around and get three points here. Because suddenly the crowd were lifted. Yeah. Everyone was behind the team. And, you know, we thought this was the moment. <laughs> Tim, I said we were going to end positively. <laughs> Stop it was a great hinting. goal. It stop, was a fantastic goal. About what's to come. <laughs> we look. We know we concede late. That's just what happens. So let's just marvel in that goal a bit more. Did you prefer it to uh, to his goal against Hull or not, Nick? There's your it's your choice. Well, somebody said today that it's actually they're both potential. Although we've been proved wrong there, but both potential goals of the season, weren't they? Um, his goal. I'll tell you what was great about that. Again, we're talking about the atmosphere. Did. Any of you, did it come across on the TV that when the goal went in and the fans then looked at it on the electronic screen and to see what a fantastic strike it was, it, it was just like this noise in the ground was great, palpable. It was just like, oh my God, did that just really happen? Did Wilf just do that? It was a cracking goal and good luck to the guy and good luck to the guy if, he has, if he's going to the African Cup of Nations. I did really desperately want someone to hide his passport or sort of <laughs> tape him to his chair or something like that. Just And Sacco as well. Uh, good luck in the yeah. Cup of Nations. But yeah, he, yeah. Always, he he had a great impact when he came on as well. So good luck to him as well. Luce, you're just starting to speak there. Sorry, Luce. It's okay. I was just going to say that, you know, Wilf is our little glimmer of hope, isn't he? He, he has this knack of doing something, whether it's scoring a goal or, you know, doing his, one of his little tricks. Uh, or it, It's just something, every game, uh, that no matter what happens, whether we lose or draw or win, he do, he's that little glimmer of hope for us. And he just, he can't, we kind of like look at him and think, do you know what, we've got him. Things can't, you know, be that bad. He, yep. I just absolutely love him. I love him to bits, you know, he's like... You know, the little brother that you you just want to like, just give a cuddle and just think, yes, <laughs> you know what? You're just you're brilliant, and I just that goal. It was, I, like, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> you're still struggling. <laughs> now, it, it was it was a moment of of absolute beauty. I I cannot, you know, having a player who can do that, and and that player having come through our academy as well, it just it's the it's the greatest feeling, and it's why, you know, everyone talks about his celebrations. It's why he celebrates like that. You know, I'm I'm sure he you know he enjoys that on a personal level, scoring those goals. But you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I worry about him going anywhere because I worry if he'll, he'll be the same player elsewhere. But I'm that 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 worry is starting to sort of fade away, which is probably a bad thing um, because the maturity he shows now. The fact that he understands his role, the fact that defensively he's a solid winger now. You know, you can rely on him to get back and put challenges in. You can rely on him to relieve pressure when he needs to relieve pressure. But not only that, he's just got this air of confidence about him now that he was always, you know, he's always confident. But now it's just gone on to that another another level where he actually believes, hold on, I'm 
you know, I'm not just, you know, a decent Premier League player here. I'm I'm a top Premier League player, and I'm and I'm still improving. That's that's how I feel about him now. He's, you know, he's he's all we've got right now. <laughs> yeah. But his reaction as well. I mean, that that to me is like a fan's reaction. The way like he's he's hit the ball in the back of the net and he's gone off celebrating like probably we would if we had that chance to yeah. score in front of the homesdale. To be fair, I'd be a little bit slower with my celebration. <laughs> <laughs> you would? Yeah, I, I, could, I mean, I could do the finish, but I think my leg would probably travel further than the ball. I'd still be picking yourself up. Me. Yeah, it was. A, but no, it's it's just beautiful to see, and and let's hope it it you know means a bit more in the future. Look. It's clear um, from from what Steve Parrish is saying that the club have a plan. You know, they're, they're also looking up, looking out for the fact that the worst could happen. There's, you know, there's things in place there. But you know, as Steve Steve said, it's not in his nature to think we will be relegated. It's in his nature to think we're going to sort this out, and they're working sort of day and night to do that right now. Which you can't you can't ask for any more than that for for the people at your club. To just give everything that they've got, you know, it might not be successful. It, you know, that's that's the bottom line. It's it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Not everyone. Some, you know, every year three teams will be relegated from the Premier League. That's that's a fact, and it won't just and it won't be that all three of those teams have had people at the top who've made mistakes because probably all twenty teams have had people at the top who've made mistakes or managers who've made the wrong decision. It's just unfortunately. You know, it, it can be other factors as well, and it was really interesting to hear Steve talk about the sort of refereeing decisions and get into that where we started talking about luck as well. Because I think pretty much in a, a large percentage of the interviews we've done with anyone who's who's been involved in professional football, they all have all have a, a tendency to mention that bit of luck. That's that extra thing that people forget. Um, I still feel that so much has gone against us. I really, really do. Um, and it's you know we've had we've had an entire 2016 of it um so let's hope let's hope it's all over and done with uh, 2017 as well now and, and things will turn around well you know you know because it's recorded uh this week that means i can go guys you've got anything else you want to add before we go yes i do actually if you don't mind a uh, bit of positivity we're, t- we're talking positives have you looked at the next well it's seven fixtures uh, Mr Allardyce has already alluded to the fact that he's going to be putting out a team of reserves against Bolton in the Cup well we can forget about that uh, West Ham away Everton home Bournemouth away Sunderland home Stoke away and I think our season defining game on the 25th of February will be Middlesbrough at home and I think and I've just been sitting there while you were chatting Chris and I think out of those 18 points we will probably pull 12 points in uh, we will bag 12 points and that I really do. I really do. Be, let's have some confidence. You heard what the chairman just said. The, the confidence isn't just the chairman. It's not just the uh, the board of directors. It's not just the players. It's not just the manager, but it's the fan base as well. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, my nine wins have gone out the windows. <laughs> I maintain that that was under the previous manager. So that doesn't, doesn't count. I'm not technically wrong. Have you reset the counter? <laughs> I have, yeah. So I'm going to pick out a few more games. But look, you know, Nick, you usually get the predictions pretty much spot on. So I hope you're right on, on that sense. Loose, you got anything else to add? Um, no. No, <laughs> I'm too that's all right. Pissed. We can edit that out so you don't sound ridiculous. Uh, Tim, you've had time to prepare now. Nick said something. Loose got bullied for not saying anything. Yeah. What have you got? <laughs> well, my positive is going to be that I've got a feeling Julian Speroni is going to start at the weekend. And I agree. And I think that'd be fantastic because um, you know he deserves deserves an opportunity, uh, another opportunity in front of uh, you know in our team. So fingers plus crossed that happens at Bolton. Plus he'd break the record for appearances, wouldn't he? For a goal exactly. And, and it wasn't you know what? Before was Tim, it? So. Tim, you could be so close to it because we actually mentioned that on the pod the other week. I reckon he'll break that record. Unfortunately, it's away from home and not at Sellers. But that might be the positive lift the club needs. Exactly. There we go. Ending on some positivity as well. Thank you very much for downloading. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. 
Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Optus stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel. And just for Homestale radio listeners, we've got an extra special offer right now. When you sign up, use the promo code PALACE. That means if you don't make money in your first contest, FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to fanduel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now. What are you waiting for? Terms apply. Over 18s only. Please play responsibly. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.